Thanks for joining me, good people. Welcome to Best with Brittany, where we hear from Black educators on the state of education. In this space, we'll hear from the vets, the pros, and those just entering and planning to enter into the field. At the core, this space will delve into why we need more Black teachers and how we can be intentional about seeing more of us in the school environment. We need us, and you do too. So welcome my first guest for my podcast, um, Ms. Patrice High, who has been an educator for a number of years. Um, thank you for agreeing to do this interview where we're just kind of talking about the experiences of being a Black teacher and getting some of your thoughts um, around the conversation of the lack of Black teachers that we currently have in education. So the first, I want to start off with you just kind of telling us a little bit about yourself, um, where you're from, your educational background, and how long you've been teaching and where you may, or what you may be teaching now. All right. Um, well, again, my name is Patrice Ha. I have been, this is my 18th year teaching. I um, went to UNC Chapel Hill for undergrad and Kaplan University for my master's. I started teaching in Weldon City Schools in 2003, so fresh out of college. And from there, I taught at Guilford County Schools, Nash County Schools, Durham Public Schools, and now I'm um, at a charter school, KIPP, in Durham. Um, so I've taught in rural, I've taught urban, suburban, I've taught a little bit of everybody. Um, what got me into education, my mom was a teacher. Um, she taught for 30 years until she retired. Um, and just service um, careers have just been like big in my family. So whether it be working in government and politics or social services or education, like those have been the big careers um, in my family. And that's just kind of led me on this trajectory. And are you from North Carolina? Yes, I'm originally from Runnick Rapids, North Carolina. Okay, so this is perfect because in thinking about like this landscape of education across the state and the fact that you've taught in like urban, rural, like all the different places. Uh, so I think you'll provide some beautiful insight. Um, so you said that you went into teaching because you kind of, your family um, is rooted in like having service careers. Mm -hmm. So, you know, in thinking about your experience as um, a black educator, what are some of the, um, or what do you feel is important? Why do you feel it's important to have Black teachers for Black students and then students of all colors, actually? Well, I definitely think it's important for Black students to have Black teachers so that they can see something different. Um, so specifically in um, rural areas, when I was teaching back home in, in Weldon, or Weldon is like, five minutes from my hometown. So when I was teaching what I considered to be back home, um, the students there are actually used to having, you know, majority black teachers because it's a majority black area. Okay. Um, and, and in that same vein, I had majority black teachers coming through school. Um, so it was one of those things where, because it was something that I experienced, it was something that I wanted, it was an experience that I wanted to give back to the same type of students who were growing up in the same kind of area that I was. And so I think that when Black students have Black teachers, they get, or I guess we, because, you know, as a Black student who had majority Black teachers, like, I felt like 
my teachers cared about my success, um, that they um, wanted me to do well, that they wanted to see me succeed and that they were rooted, that they were invested in my success. Um, and I think that I, as time went on and once I graduated and moved away for college and came back, like those same teachers who were like in the area, still in the area, like they were um, encouraging of my education career. And they were like, you know, we saw this in you back when you were a student, you know, blah, 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 things like that. And so like the encouragement was there, not just when I was their student, but the encouragement is still there now that I'm in education. That's major. And so in thinking about the fact that like growing up in a rural area and having the majority of your teachers be black and, and then also when you were teaching there, that was the case. When you think about the students there and the students in other areas where you may have taught where there was more, maybe there was more diversity or maybe there was just more of like what our teaching force actually is, more white women. Mm-hmm. What, what were some of the differences that you saw in like students in regards to like motivation? Um, so when I left and I went to Guilford County, there was a definite difference. Um, and students, to me, I want to say that they lacked motivation, but it also it just didn't feel like the environment was as encouraging. Um, and it just felt like, you know, kids came to school and they did kind of what they were supposed to do, but it wasn't a big push of like we got your back we're here for you um you know this is what's expected of you like the type of the environment was just very different um and I only stayed there for three years I was like okay it's not what I thought it was gonna be (laughs) because like when I was teaching in Weldon my big thing was I gotta go I gotta get out of here I got it's too small I gotta leave I gotta go I gotta go I gotta go and then when I got to Greensboro I was like oh wait no 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 Maybe this, nope, nope, that's not it. So um, when I left there, I didn't teach for a year. And then when I did go back, I went into Nash County, which um, also didn't have as many Black educators, but I was teaching with one of my former teachers. Um, And so like there was still that, you know, that push um, from... I just feel like Black educators, we push students in a way, Black students and other students, in a way that other teachers don't have that same type of relationship with their kids, and they don't push them in the same manner. Okay, and so I want to go back to what you mentioned when you were saying, you know, you went to Guilford and thinking, like, it was going to be one thing, and it wasn't. So thinking about, like, your experience as a teacher, like, what was it for you not necessarily the students, but like, what was it about that environment for you that made you feel like you wanted to move away from that? It was not as supportive. And so I'll say when I was in Weldon, like I said, I was a brand new teacher. Um, the school system was going through some different things. And so like we had a school resource team from the state, like there were a lot of different things that were going on, but I felt like we had a lot of, or I felt like as a new teacher, I received a lot of help and resources. Um, And though, of course, by the time I moved to Greensboro and to Guilford County, I wasn't a new teacher. I was new to Guilford County. And I don't feel like I got the new teacher support 
Um, and I, I started after the school year had already began. It was October when I got there. Um, and so it was more kind of a drop you in and you got to just pick up where the last teacher left off. But I also just didn't feel the community spirit that I felt in a smaller district. Um, so definitely felt like I went from being like the big fish in the little pond to like the tiniest fish in the ocean. Um, like there was just a lot of moving parts and pieces and it wasn't, um, it just, it definitely wasn't the experience that I thought it was going to be. I mean, it was, it was, it was different. It exposed me to a lot of different things. I learned a lot, um, but it just wasn't the experience that I thought it was going to be. Okay. And so thinking about like your journey towards um, becoming a teacher, like getting your license, going through your education programs, did you feel like, or do you feel like your teacher prep program and then all of kind of the necessary um, uh, credentials or markers that you had to obtain, like the tests that you had to take, do you feel like, how did you feel about those? Do you feel like they were um, beneficial towards, you know, becoming an educator or did you feel like at some point they were obstacles? What is your take on that? So I think what I went through, when I went through it, um, was definitely beneficial for me at the time. Um, the renewal process to me seems very tedious, um, just in terms of, and especially now being at a charter school, like trying to keep up with your CEUs and all of that um, just seems um, tedious in a way that it didn't when I was at a traditional public school. Um, but my initial licensure process, I thought was, um, one, very, something that was very necessary um, because I wasn't an education major. So I had a lot of the history classes, but I didn't have classes in things like classroom management or um, you know, educational law or any of those types of things. So I was given, or um, I had a provisional license in history. Um, I started out teaching fifth grade and moved up to seventh grade the next year. And I've taught history pretty much every year um, mm -hmm. since then. Um, and so I felt like the classes that I took were definitely very helpful in making me a more well-rounded educator. So I felt like I knew my history curriculum well. And then the classes that I had to take through the state um, definitely prepared me for, like I said, the management pieces and things like that. And um, the initial licensure program, like I said, that they had during that time, you had three years to get your license. Um, part of that was passing your practice. Thankfully, I passed my practice the first time I took it. So I didn't have to be in a position where I was like taking it multiple times. And I also felt like that was because, like I said, one, I was um, a history major in college. And because then I was also teaching the content. Um, but I do also know that it can be it can be a struggle for people to pass it. Um, everybody's not a great test taker. Um, you know, things happen, and I don't think that it should be the barrier that it is. Um, you know, I do think that for some people it definitely is a barrier, and I think that there needs to be another alternative to just it being the test and the CEUs, like what else can we put into place 
for people who would be great teachers who, who just aren't necessarily great test takers. We have students who sit in our classes every day who are great students, but they're just bad test takers or they have, they get nervous when they take tests. So I think um, teachers being able to share that experience with their students is also something that, um, you know, would, would be helpful in the classroom. So I would love to see alternatives to that, but I also see the, um, the value and teachers being licensed and like, you know, having that, that credential as well. Right. So I definitely agree with the, you know, sometimes that the test can be a barrier and kind of thinking about some reports that have come out um, uh, regarding how it eliminates a significant number of educators of color from kind of moving past and getting their licensure and being able to get their credentials because of, you know, not being able to test, uh, not being able to pass and having to take it a number of times, which mm -hmm. we know has cost money. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so that's awesome. That, and that was the other piece because in the program that I was in, and again, I credit this to it being such a small district, they pay for everything. They pay for all of my classes. They pay for me to take the test, but it was, we pay for you to take it once. If you don't pass it the first time, you're responsible for paying it for it, paying for it yourself. And I was like, oh no. Mm -mm. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and census, right? So like, how can we, in thinking about like increasing teacher diversity, how can we incentivize and provide some resources for teachers to do those things? Like, you know, and granted, like you are coming from a small county, but I'm thinking about like, can we provide stipends, you mm -hmm. know? to pay for those tests because yeah. they are, um, you know, like over a hundred dollars to take those tests. Mm -hmm. um, so thinking about um, support in schools, do you feel like your school, or you can kind of think about this like throughout your career that you've had um, a supportive like admin, just, you know, colleagues thinking about like being able to like voice your concerns and have them heard, feeling like you are part of the community at your school and the impact that that's had on you feeling, um, fit, having a positive view of the school environment where you worked. Mm -hmm. So I think leadership always plays a, a big piece in that. And so does leadership make you feel comfortable enough to like share and talk to them? So when I first started, again, like I was 21, 22, fresh out of college. So there were a lot of things that I would say then that I won't say now. <laughs> because I was just like, well, I don't agree with so-and-so and so-and-so. And I would just like blurt it out because I was 21, 22 years old. Um, and thankfully, I did have a principal who was supportive, but also pulled me in and was like, okay, Patrice, like, there's a time and a place. There's okay. a way to say stuff, you know? And also when I first started teaching, I was also living at home with my mother. So I had my built-in mentor at the house and my mom would be like, yeah, you're not gonna be able to say that or that's not the way you say that. That's not the way you do things. Um, so I started out very vocal. Um, Guilford County kind of snatched a lot of that from me um, because it was just not, again, it was not a good environment for um, people of color to mm. express themselves okay. in certain ways. Um, when I went to Nash County, my principal was amazing. Um, he very open door policy. Um, I talked to him about, you know, quite a few things. Um, he knew that I was in grad school at the time. Like he worked with me around my schedule. Like it was, it was a great, great place to work. 
Um, DPS has been or had was kind of iffy there as well. Um, you know, it got better. There were other people above like my school leadership who were very easy to talk to about things. Um, and especially about like history curriculum things and, um, you know, just trying to like getting those concerns across and about how I felt about the way we were teaching history, the things we were teaching and things that we definitely weren't teaching but needed to be taught. Um, and so I definitely felt like I was able to be heard and that um, what I said mattered to the people who I was talking to. Um, in my current um, school situation, there's a lot of we're listening, but I don't know if things are really being implemented. So um, I just think it all, it just always, it always depends. You know, there are people who say that they are listening to what you have to say and that they want to implement people's ideas and that, you know, we're here for you. We hear what you're saying. And then there's, it goes in one ear and out the other. Mm-hmm. And so I think now, 18 years in, I've gotten to a point where I only say what I feel just has to be said. And if it doesn't have to be said and I don't, or if it's something that I don't think is going to make, not that I don't think it's going to make an impact, but I don't think anyone is going to do anything about it. I have gotten to a point where I just keep it to myself Mm. or I'll write it down. I'm like, this is for when I start my own school, or this is for when, you know, like this is for when I start doing X, Y, Z, because people will also are also good for taking your ideas, pass them off as their own and Mm. running with them. And that's another thing that I have learned (laughs) in 18 years of educating. Be careful, be careful. (laughs) Okay, so in thinking about, you know, starting your own school as a Black woman, and then juxtaposing that to the fact that we currently have over a 70% white female teaching force, what do you think are the impacts of that being our teaching force and then our student um, body population, you know, our student population being not, not mirroring that, right? Like mm-hmm. incredibly diverse. Like, what do you think the impacts of having students see predominantly white women in roles as teachers versus looking around their classroom at their peers and seeing people from all children from all different backgrounds? Mm-hmm. I think that is one of the main reasons why Unfortunately, teaching does not get, or teachers do not get the respect that we deserve. Mm -hmm. And I think that's because our kids see, like you said, like they see their community, they see it one way. They look around their classroom, they see one thing. And then who's in front of them trying to educate them, you know, they they don't have the same experiences. They don't have the same, you know, they, they just don't have the same lived experiences. And though just because I'm Black and the majority of my students are Black and Hispanic, we still don't necessarily have the same experiences all the time, but they feel that I can at least empathize or sympathize or recognize what they are going through, whereas if the majority of the class is black and brown but the person that is educating them is not and has no 
like they just have no point of reference. Like there, there's just there's just no point of reference for the teacher to understand the students or the students to understand the teacher. And I think that is why kids act out in those classes. I think um, it is a big, big issue, especially at the elementary level, uh, because I feel like that's where it's the biggest problem. Like elementary school is definitely where I had the most white teachers. Um, and I think that foundationally, mm. you know, our students need to start seeing, you know, um, teachers who look like them early, early on. So like in kindergarten, my teacher was white. The assistant was black, but the teacher was white. And there was at least some balance, but, you know, it, it's just, it, they, it's definitely, in my opinion, it, the biggest issue with it is elementary because those are those foundational years. And I feel like I'm just gonna say it. I feel like white teachers go to elementary school because uh-huh. they feel like it's easier. Right. You know, it's like the kids are smaller and they're little, and they're gonna we're gonna draw these fun things. I'm gonna have this Pinterest classroom. You know, we're gonna be, you know, fun fun times. And then, you know, they're not prepared for anything that's coming at them from 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 their black kids. And it just it's it's where a lot of our kids start to check out of school and it's where a lot of the, you know, a lot of where the issues and things start. Yes. Oh, that is gold. That is gold. Um, so I'm just thinking about that because with the um, committee that I'm working with in Durham, like one of the policy proposals that we took to the school board was to ensure that um, students had at least two educators of color by the third grade, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's yeah. your it's just like they're missing mm-hmm. right and like they need those at those foundational ages yeah that's that's golden so I mean I think just hearing that from a veteran teacher like again it's just like yes that's, this is a point that we really need to be pushing towards because mm-hmm. they need to see themselves much earlier you know it shouldn't be that first black teacher is in high school right which, which is the case a lot of times right like the first yeah. time that you get a teacher is in high school and it's usually that they're teaching history you know so you know even thinking about the subject areas too like where are they showing up and how long is it before they get access Mm -hmm. to them Mm -hmm. so I mean that's good stuff I think continuing to push for that um and so kind of coming you know we're going to wrap it up I mean I think you've provided definitely a lot of gems um the last question that I had was you know thinking about what our teaching force looks like but then what are some obstacles that you think black teachers run into um like in their careers so thinking about like in their schools um whether that be environment you know colleague to colleague or with students what are some obstacles that are faced by black teachers I think one of the biggest ones, um, and this happens a lot with our Black male teachers, but with uh, women teachers as well, is that we're seen as the disciplinarians. Mm -hmm. You know, like, I can't handle this kid. Can you come help me do X, Y, Z with this kid? Mm -hmm. Have you tried? What have you tried? Because, (laughs) like, just because I have a relationship with that kid, that shouldn't be the only relationship in the building that this kid has. Like, what have you tried to do to build a relationship with that child? 
Um, why is it that I got to come to your room to help you manage your class? Like, where is the, you know, and, and, you know, it's all not necessarily always that teacher's fault either. Like sometimes they just need support and, mm-hmm. and help on, you know, how to manage a classroom, but that's not my job. And I think that's another issue is that black teachers get, you know, you can do this or you can do that and you can do that but where's my extra pay for that? Or why am I not getting promoted to the position to be able to do X, Y, Z? So I think that's another issue that we get. And I don't want to say relegated to the classroom because there's nothing wrong with being a strong classroom leader and being a strong, you know, just a strong teacher if that's what you want to do and continue to do. But I also think there are a lot of us who want to grow Mm -hmm. and our careers just become stagnant um, whether it's because of a lack of support for the next step or people's lack of confidence in you to go to the next step, people's jealousy of what you are able to do in your classroom that they're not able to do in theirs. I think there are just a lot of things, you know, that happen um, that keep us, you know, in the classroom, which then leads to a lot of the burnout that happens. Um, at least a lot of people leaving uh, because, you know, you want to, you know, of course we all know that we're not in it for the money, but also we don't want to be poor forever either. <laughs> like I don't come to work every day to still be struggling to pay my bills. Like right, right. that's a problem. Uh-huh. So, um, you know, I think being guilted or like being made to feel guilty when you do want to, um, to move ahead, I think is, is a big issue. Uh, you know, it's like, well, what about the kids? Okay, somebody else can teach the kids. Yes, all right. Uh-huh. You know, if if I were to drop dead today, y'all would find somebody else to teach these kids by next week. Okay. <laughs> so, problem. you know, me wanting to move ahead is not going to, you know, ruin, you know, these children's lives. Right. So I think there's just a lot of, you know, that's your place, stay in your place. Um, That's kind of comes from, whether it be from other colleagues, from school leadership, um, or like that there's only room for one or two to advance and to do more and to do better. Um, And unfortunately that that happens in small districts, it happens in large districts, it happens in public, it happens in charter, it happens, (laughs) you know, it has happened everywhere that I've been. Um, and I also think that, you know, at the end of the day, education is, there's a lot of politics in education um, from like the actual politicians who try to have a hand in things that they have no idea about mm-hmm. to just the politics of how schools run. Mm-hmm. And I think um, Black teachers get caught up in a lot of those politics, sometimes on purpose, and sometimes they get caught in it because other people catch them up in them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, I think that's that can be a barrier as well. Wow. Yes. So I feel like <laughs> like you hit 
so many nails. So I just kind of want to like sum up of some of the major points that you mentioned. So definitely thinking about um, the need for having more Black teachers, teachers of color at the elementary school level, because mm -hmm. we don't see them and like laying that foundation so that students can be affirmed and who they are and being able to see themselves in the classroom. So we really need to be focusing on that. And then how Black teachers Black men and women are seen as disciplinarians in the building and how they kind of get offloaded with so many duties that are outside of their scope of work. Mm -hmm. um, and then they don't pay us, right? So it's just like, I just like, I, when you were saying that, I was just like, pay Black women, you know what I'm saying? But not even, not, even, not only in education, but just in general, mm -hmm. but also like just pay, like, you know, pay us. Um, right because we do all the things, like literally all the things, take on all the tasks. Mm -hmm. um, but like you said, are relegated to the classroom. So like the opportunities to advance professionally are slim. Mm -hmm. So, you know, kind of getting overlooked, um, passed up for opportunities while our white counterparts just kind of continue to climb the ladder with having to do only half as much. So just kind of mm -hmm. rethinking like how, um, how that's happening um, in our schools across the state and across the nation. Um, and then the fact that all of these factors contribute to high attrition rates, right? Like why do you see so many black teachers rolling out of the classroom, mm -hmm. rolling, out of, rolling out of education in general? Right. Right, because it's not to start off. It's not a great paying career, so you know you get in it. Yes, you may start in the classroom, but ultimately, people want to do other things. Like you want to continue to climb the ladder, right? Which also, right. you hope equates to having more money. So that exactly. Like I mean, I still love my kids, but also I had no intention of still actually being in the classroom 18 years in and that's not a you know it's not a dig at anybody who goes in and says I want to teach for 30 years that's wonderful if that's what you want to do but I also knew like five years in that you know I want to do something else I want to whether it's you know I had great um teacher trainers so like people like to be new teacher support or, you know, like things like that. And it doesn't even necessarily always have to be that I want to be a principal because people will say to me all the time, but you make a great principal. I don't want to be a principal. Right. You know, but I want to do something other than, I want to impact the lives of children, not just in the classroom, but change the system from the outside in. Because I have learned, what I have definitely learned in this time is that you cannot always change the system from the inside out. So... Yep. <laughs> yeah. Like all facts, all true. Um, so I like to thank you sincerely for like, you know, taking this time out to talk, to discuss, to share some light, to share some insight, to drop some gems, to share about your experience as an education uh, um in education. Um, and just you know, thinking about why this conversation is so necessary and important, right? To get people to hear. Um, from the mouths of Black educators, because oftentimes, you know, even when we hear people talking about, oh, education needs that more diversity, it's not coming from the mouths of the people who are on the ground in the field, mm -hmm. right, like, or who are, you know, members of these marginalized communities right. talking about it, right, we have others speaking for us, and so mm -hmm. the purpose of this podcast also is to let us speak for ourselves, right, to hear from, like, from each other, from ourselves to the larger community, so that, um, or just amplifying our voices. So thank you for taking this time out. I appreciate you. And yes, you're welcome.
Yes, I love it. Okay. I hope y'all have enjoyed today's conversation. Please share this episode and tell a friend to tell a friend. Let's continue to be in community with one another and let the world know we've been here.